Uh, for those who are visiting, my name is Jim, and I've been asked to bring the message today. Scott um, has been gone this week. He is, um, uh, took his youngest to school and to get him settled. And as last week he shared with us, he's now an empty nester. And uh, that is going to change his life. As you all know. So this morning, I've been asked to start a new series. Um, we have just finished up the series on Grace Changes Everything um, and the Life of David. A, a man much like us, you and I, a person that was broken, who is, in spite of loving the Lord with all of his heart and soul and mind, he, he failed his, his Lord. But God was gracious all the time towards him. And he lifted him up out of the mire. And he saved him. He made him king. And he used him for his own glory. And now this next series that we're uh, approaching is called Changed, the Miraculous Encounters with Jesus. Changed, Miraculous Encounters with Jesus. And so we're going to be looking um, at miracles. Yeah, really we're going to be looking at Jesus, the maker of miracles. And if we walk away with anything from these messages, it will always be that. The emphasis is not on the miracles, but on the one who brings the miracles into the lives of those who needed them. As wonderful as miracles are, we're going to be looking at the response to the master of miracles. What was the interaction? What was the dynamics of an individual who experienced a miracle from the mouth of Christ, from the hand of Christ? What was his interaction? What was the response of that person to Jesus? to the word of Christ, to the power of Christ. So we're going to have conversations about miracles, and they are an essential part of each of the stories. But again, it's the person of the miracles that we're most concerned about as we explore this area of miraculous counters. So to begin, we'll need to kind of rein in this uh, uh, term miracle and, and try to give some definition to it. Um, as we all probably have had different experiences, we've heard, we've heard different things about miracles, how they've been manifested. Um, some of us have witnessed miracles and some of us have experienced them. Anybody has experienced a miracle? You know, at the end of the service, all of you are going to be raising your hands. Actually, I'm going to get you to raise your hands right. How many know Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior? People, friends, Christians, <laughs> you are a walking miracle. It was impossible, and you were powerless in yourselves to get into right relationship with God. And Jesus through his death on the cross and resurrection, made it possible for you to come to know him, yes? So you, in fact, have had a changed life. 
Yes? You are no longer the same. You are a new creature. The old things have passed away. All things are new now in spirit. And things are becoming new in this broken flesh body. So if anybody ever asks you if you experienced a miracle again, you're going to go and say, raise your hand. You'll raise your hand because you are a walking miracle. And you can give testimony of that miracle to the world around you. But apart from that, we do have these preconceived ideas about miracles. Um, obviously, we all would agree that they, they kind of uh, stir awe and wonder and amazement in, you know, in our psyche, in our soul. Um, we believe them to be some supernatural act of God intervening into the works of man. Um, hopefully to make a difference. They're a mystery to us all because we can't completely explain them. Um, We're not sure how God is working in miracles all the time, the results of miracles, long-term thinking around miracles. I mean, to a, a skeptic, if you're here and you have some skepticism about you, as I do, I, I was... I just question everything, and I go, "Really? A mir- you had a miracle, you know?" And, and and I'll question and I'll doubt it. And the skeptic does that, and he'll go, "Oh, you know, it could be just like a bunch of hocus pocus, really? I mean, miracles." Or you could be the rationalist, and the rationalist will go, "Well, there is a scientific or a medical reason for why you've been healed and why your life has changed." and and uh, we can explain that away, certainly. We can explain. We, there's an explanation for that, this side of heaven. Or you can simply be the naive, and your eyes bulge, your draw, jaw drops, and you go, wow. And you just experience it. No questions. You just, or you, we could be the fool who simply looks at it as a cheap form of entertainment. Whoa. That would be sad. Miracles. Now, I'm going to talk a lot about miracles up front here um, rather than Jesus at, um, to try to get our heads around this and get it out of the way, so to speak, so that we can focus on Jesus. But Jesus used miracles, and so having a definition of them and an understanding about it is probably important for us to be and to get a biblical mindset around that. And for the most part, we all would agree that miracles um, are a type of sign that point to something greater than themselves. All of us are driving down the road. I don't know if we can get those uh, signs up here. We'll see signs like this as we're driving. Cautionary signs. And this one is about, hey, be careful. There might be some falling rocks around the corner. And you'll see this one going up, Monarch Pass. Something similar to it, falling rocks. Another one might be, ah, pedestrian crossing. Caution, there's somebody, there's somebody might be up at the next crossing that uh, you need to be careful of. And, and it's pointing to something. And then a third one would be, I think we have here, this is, though the words aren't there, it's, it's a do not enter sign. 
And they're all cautionary signs uh, about something that is forthcoming that you need to be aware of and be alert to. So it's not the sign itself isn't the most important thing. It's what it's referring to, correct? What it's referring to. And so we want to understand that miracles are all about that. That they are signs pointing to Jesus. To God. To the triune God. Theologians have tried to come up with definitions of miracles. And we can have a variety of readings for them. And I have brought a few um, I won't mention their names because you'll forget them and as I don't even know who they are. But, <laughs> but here, here's one. It says, a, a miracle can be defined as a direct act of God in which he reveals to mankind with intention a new observable reality which can only be fully understood by faith. In this new reality, God proclaims outside and against the known and unknown laws of order and regularity in nature, revealing his freedom, his power, his love, character, his attributes. Another writer challenges our thinking around miracles in defining them. He says this, he says, you know, we might be defeating the object of miracles by trying to define them. Like God himself, they are beyond the absolute definition. We are using rational techniques in an area where faith and trust should be the ruling principles. We need to be prepared to be called obscurinist in our affirmation that there is a sufficient degree of the divine in miracles to make us wary of tying the whole subject neatly up into rational parcels. Hmm. We shall always find a part that does not properly fit because the divine defies definition. I love that. Uh, Yeah, is that an amen to that one? We are on holy ground, and so we need to tread carefully. Hmm. So we want to also narrow down this concept of miracles uh, to the four Gospels and to the workings of Christ. And as we would read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find somewhere around 33 to 35 miracles, depending on how you categorize them, put them together. Um, Some of the uh, writers will emphasize a type of miracle more than some others. Like in Mark, there's a lot of... uh, deliverances, uh, demon possession. People were demon-possessed and they were delivered um, by the word of Christ. And the demons were cast out of individuals. Um, In the book of John, you have the seven signs, the first of uh, miracles or miracles. And and here's something you want to understand. The word miracles, signs, wonders, works, mighty deeds of God, okay, are all kind of synonymous. So I'll be interchanging maybe some of those words. They're synonymous words to the workings of God and the manifestation of his power this side of heaven in our lives. But in John, you have, uh, as the book of John is all about um, expressing the divinity of Christ and his power and his working as uh, the Messiah. And and there's seven uh, affirming um, 
signs, miracles that authenticated his ministry of the word. And the first, it was the one in, in chapter two about the, uh, I think it's two or three or four. <laughs> my, you know, I'm gray and my mind's diminishing. So anyway, um, the changing of the water to the wine at the wedding feast, you'll all know that story. But see, uh, miracles was the ministry of Christ. And it's what he was sent to be about, a part of what he was sent to be about. Look at these passages that we'll look in chapter uh, 4 of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus speaking of himself out of Isaiah 61, Luke 4, 18. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I can unpack that for you, but that would take another message. Luke 7.22, John the Baptist is is in prison, and his disciples are with him, and he's going, you know what, I'm not struggling with why he's in prison and why he hasn't been busted out by the Spirit of God. And, And he's wondering even about this Messiah he's been preaching about and baptizing for the repentance of sins. He sends his disciples to Jesus and says, are you the one, are you the Messiah? And this is Jesus' response to his disciples. He says, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. His works definitely included miracles. And then in John 20, and this is probably the, the crux, Now, Jesus did many other, and here it says signs, and the NIV says miraculous signs. And again, the synonymous words here, miracles in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are are written. What are written? The signs, the wonders, the deeds of God, the power of God manifested this side of heaven. They have been written down so that you may what? believe, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life. That's what miracles are all about. So we can believe. Our faith is stirred. And we can experience eternity, the greatest miracle of all, miracle of all. It's a personal relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ, his Son. As we look at the Gospels and we look at these miracles, we do find some common themes that we'll uh, see consistently. And I want to bring three of them, just, and there's quite a few, but there's at least three that we want to be cognitive of and consistently looking for in. And that is, in, in these 30-some miracles, we're not going to look at all of those, but of the ones we do look at, there will be three things that are consistently, three elements, qualities, that will be consistent, we'll find in them. And the first is that the source of miracles, the source of miracles, as we understand them, as we're going to be looking at them in relationship to Jesus, is that the source is always through the power of the triune God. And in this context, through the person of his son, Jesus the Christ. That's the source. Okay? 
It's not, the, it's not through any sciences. It's not through any doctors. It's not through uh, medicines. It's through the power, okay, the word of Christ, the triune God. Which is to say, then, we never want to seek the miracle itself, but always seek the miracle maker. We don't want to seek the healing. We want to seek the healer. We don't want to seek the provision. We want to seek the provider. And it's one of the things that miracles do. Is sometimes they, they're, they're so just crazy, wonderful, that we can get our focus on the miracle itself. And that's not bad, but if it displaces the one who provides the miracle, oh, we miss the message. The second is the purpose. Two purposes, primarily. One is to obviously glorify God and to bring a witness and a testimony of his character, his attributes, his will, and his ways. Secondly, it's for our good and for a sign to point us to Christ. Not for the temporal results, but for the eternal, for the eternal and spiritual results. Changed lives. And finally, the results you'll find consistently. Someone, those who hear about, witness, participate in, lives are changed. Changed lives. Let me throw out a few observations around miracles that would further um, add to maybe our understanding or not. Miracles um, are a gracious response of God to one genuine's faith request in a time of deep need. They're revealing of God's character's attributes, as I said. They create a teachable moment, miracles do, bringing a revelation of some spiritual truth. They are transformational. They stir faith. They instill faith. They may challenge us to consider our faith and what faith we have or we lack and the need for faith. Interestingly, miracles um, can be manifested void of faith of the recipients. And God just graciously acts. I like that one. Because there's times when, yes, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. They expose unbelief. Miracles do. They expose the hardness of the heart, the motives and intentions. And in some, they are threatening, offensive, and they stir anger even. Can you imagine that, how a miracle could do that? But if you see in John and in Gospels, you'll see, as you read through the miracles, how some people just were like, really, Jesus, you're healing on Sunday? Really? I can't believe it. Blasphemy. You got a devil in you. And we'll see how some of the spiritual leaders were offended. Hmm. They represent challenges for the soul, questions why me and why not somebody else? They stir gratitude. Um, actually, miracles can be easily forgotten. Isn't that crazy? They can be falsified, misappropriated, glorified in themselves. 
Miracles are never random. They are an intentional act of God because he loves us. And miracles are a validation, authenticating the words of God. So, enough of miracles in the sense of talking about them. Um, We just want to get a context, okay? So, now we're going to go to the passage that was read earlier out of Luke um, 17, uh, 11 through uh, 19. And we're going to begin a series on miracles of looking at this miracle of ten lepers. And there's no way to unpack it, and that's not my intention here. I encourage you to go home, read it, and reread it as each of the miracles and see what God brings to your heart and mind to try to lead you to a better relationship with Jesus. So we're going to read it again. On the way to Jerusalem... As he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And I'll stop along the way. Samaria, as you know, was that place north of Judea and south of Galilee and in the middle there. And it's where um, the ten tribes of Israel conquered by Assyria. And um, the Assyrian uh, people uh, were brought in and, and other, other nationalities were brought in to mix with the Israelites, those who had remained and weren't taken out to captivity. And there they uh, um, intermarried and to the uh, purest ethnically of the Jew, they were considered half-breeds or dogs. So not considered in a high standing with the the Jewish community. And there was these 10 lepers on this um, walk that Jesus was between Samaria and Galilee. He meets up with these tenders. He entered the village. He was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up to the voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Let me just soak that one up. Ten are cleansed. One turns to acknowledge. Where are the nine? I, mean, I, I, I didn't think about that a lot. Just where are the nine? Where was Jim? When God worked in your life, Jim, in such a powerful way, and you never turned back to him, you didn't praise him, you didn't worship, you didn't bow down. You just went on your way to do your religious functions of life. I don't like that part. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Hmm. A life was changed here. One out of ten can experience, ten can experience miracles. One out of ten may be changed by them in a spiritual and eternal way. The healings of Christ are not just a physical manifestation of God's power not just to feel but it's to make the person whole physically 
in the mind, the heart, emotions, the volition, the soul, and in the spirit. It's the whole person. Our healing, when it comes from Christ, is about the whole person. Ten were cleansed. One was healed in this complete sense. Yes, maybe all ten had the leprosy removed, but one, it changed their lives dramatically to where he knew the source. He knew it wasn't a religious experience. It was the power of God. And so he turned back. He turned back. And in turning back, he's doing what? He's worshiping. He's worshiping God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He he might have been singing a song. The life in him was so profound, the change, that he had to praise God and worship him. And then he humbled himself by throwing himself at the feet of the provider of the miracle, the power source. He humbled himself. He returned. He worshiped. He humbled himself. Hmm. And then he obviously, he thanked him. And Jesus says he was of faith. His faith was made him well. So those are some things in the response of this person's experience of a miracle in his life. Miracles demand a response. Or they will exact a response of some sort. Be it limited or to this degree, a profound change life. As I said in the beginning, that you're all walking miracles, and that the greatest miracle is what you have experienced. If that's the only miracle you ever have in your life, oh, praise God, there's no greater. And yet, do we take it for granted? Are we constantly thanking God and worshiping Him because of the transformation he made in our lives. It's a question and a challenge that we must address as we proceed in the coming weeks to look at changed the miraculous encounters with Christ. To end, I wanted to bring a brother in Christ up, Mike Stoneberg. Mike, come on up, brother. Um, I wanted to give you... Uh, um, Maybe a look in the mirror because uh, Mike's short story he's going to share here is a, a reflection of what's happened in all of your lives in some degree or form. And Mike is not perfect from the transformation that took place in his life. But we go back a long time and we have spent many hours in the struggle of life together trying to figure out how is God at work in my life how is he going to heal me, my family, and our relationships? And uh, we're honored for you to share a few minutes of what God has done to transform Mike Stoneberg. Speak it out, brother. Um, through, through this church and... Uh, Definitely with Jim's help, um, God saved me, and uh, I'm still a broken man, but um, 
I have God's love every day. And I walk with him and he walks with me and he's changed my life. to live for all the wrong reasons and he wasn't part of my life and I experienced miracles in my life I didn't know I didn't even recognize him now I look back and I see that God was with me the whole time um, but I wasn't with him uh, you know I, I talked to Jim and um, I thank God for where I've been um, because I have perspective of what it's like to be without God and what it's like to be with God. And uh, pretty awesome to be with God. Uh, so, you know, I get up in the mornings and I pray to God and ask him to uh, just take me into the world and uh, to be able to testify what he's done for me. And, uh, and I strive to be obedient and I fail daily, but uh, he always forgives me, hmm. and uh, his love never stops, so thank you. <laughs> I chose and asked Mike to participate today because I know his history so well, and I know he was touched by God and the miracle of transformation. When I started seeing him come to this church, it'll be joyful. And the emotions of thanksgiving, praise, and worship would well up within him. This as it was here. That was a hot, that was, you, you knew God was at work in his life. It's an emotional content for him that, that comes out and he cannot keep that back. Some of you are here today and, and, and you've had the same profound experience and when you begin to talk about the miracle of Christ changing your life, it, you, you cannot contain the emotional overwhelmingness that rises within your soul. Or your mind just goes to the place that you must worship him and, and honor him and glorify him because you know what you used to be like and how you're different today. And by God's grace, you'll be more different tomorrow. Amen? Tyler's going to come and, and bring a song. We're going to close. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you. Father, as the, this one leper that, that caught the healing in its fullness on his way to the priest, he turned back worshiping and praising you. He fell at your feet in full humility willing to take his place in life at your feet. He thanked you profusely. And he exercised the faith that was given him. And you healed him. And you made him well. Praise you. Some of us know that story. Characters are changed. The situation, the circumstances are different. But the results, the same. A life that was changed for good unto eternity. And for the, your glory and for your name's sake. Amen. Amen.